Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the podcast network. I'm Dennis Sacker. Please be joined by my co-host, Stanford Rapp. Stan, uh, how are we doing after that tough Raiders loss last Sunday at home to the Arizona Cardinals? <laughs> oh, man, uh, doing about as good as we can be. You know, uh, we sit up here and we lament Kyler Murray for not watching film and for being let's just say unproductive enough in that category to where the Cardinals wanted to place a clause in his contract, basically mandating him to watch at least four hours a week. And apparently that uh, he doesn't really need to watch film four hours a week, the way that uh, he made the Raiders look uh, in the down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And which is pretty embarrassing, not because he's a bad player, because he's obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, no doubt about that. But just, I mean, like, come on. Like I remember seeing a clip on Instagram where that final play, He's scrambling for like 20 seconds and he's running around like a toddler who stole his mom's cell phone and just, just watching that clip. And is I mean, like we all know Kyle Murray's been great high school, college pro, all that, but just 20 damn seconds, like 20 damn seconds. Somebody could not even make a play in the back end or somebody could not sack this guy. So uh, kudos to him, but uh, definitely, you got to put a thumbs down for the Raiders on that play. Absolutely, in that game as well. Also joining us from the Believe in Titans podcast is David Beauclair. David, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Really excited to have you on board for this one. Happy to be with you, boys. I, I got to say, week one last year, Kyler Murray did some of the exact same things. Tonight. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was almost deja vu watching watching some of that stuff in that game uh, the, the other night. He's... Uh, He's a different breed, and, and yeah. I, I'm a big believer. This this isn't really co- or connected to this game this week, but I'm a big believer that what Kyler Murray did to the Titans last year in week one is a big reason that they drafted Malik Willis this year in the third round and, and why Malik Willis will be their starting quarterback next year going forward. Oh, that's a very mm-hmm. interesting, very, very interesting point. Could be. Stan, let me ask you this. And after the Raiders blew their biggest lead uh, of all time, 20 to nothing at halftime, it was 29-23 in overtime. It's weird. Last year, they won all their overtime games. And then the following year, they lose their first one. So what needs to be the message inside that locker room leading into Sunday's game? Oh, that's easy. Finish. I think that uh, we all can agree on that. You're up 20 to zero at halftime. I don't care if you're going against Tom Brady and with a clone of, or should I say, uh, a mixture with Joe Montana? You got to be able to close that game out somehow, some way. Because if you're unca- if you're incapable of being able to close the game out, how the hell did you get the twenty to zero lead in the first place? So you got to find a way to bring that home. 
you know, um, you just got to be able to finish and you got to be able to get Kyler Murray on the ground. Hunter Renfro, obviously, we all know that he's more of a sure handed or should I say a sure security type of receiver. But he's got to make sure that he holds on to the ball. And when you get into overtime, anything can happen. That's why it would behoove you as a team to not allow a team to creep back into the game and force you into an overtime where anything can happen. But definitely a, a very gut-wrenching way to lose a game in overtime. Yeah, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. We're taping this on Thursday night. He still has not practiced this week. He is in concussion protocol. I don't think he's going to be available to the Raiders on Sunday, but obviously we'll have to wait and see. David, the Titans were blowing out on Monday night against the very good uh, Buffalo Bills team the week before. They were beaten at home by the, the New York Giants. They're 2-0, but I'm not believing in the Giants. What's going on with this team right now? You know, the, the Giants game was, was very similar to what the Raiders did with the Cardinals. Titans were up 13-0 at halftime in that one, had some opportunities to add to their lead, didn't do it. Then all of a sudden they gave up a couple big plays. There was a 68-yard run by Saquon Barkley that led to a touchdown. There was a 65-yard a touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard then that made things interesting and gave the Giants an opportunity that when they scored with a minute six to play in the game, you know, rather than send it to overtime, they elected to go for two, got the two-point conversion, and uh, and, and ended up winning that game. And, and you saw some of the same issues in the Buffalo game, but but Buffalo being as good as Buffalo is right now, just kind of piled on, you know, uh, there was a, uh, I believe it was a 58-yard reception by Jake Kumaro late in the second quarter. You know, the Titans, Titans were only down 10. They're going to get the ball to start the second half. Buffalo gets the ball with like five minutes to go or so in the second quarter. If the Titans can get a stop there, you know, maybe get a field goal. Even if they don't give up any points, they get the ball to start the second half. They're, they're in okay shape. Instead, they give up this long touch or this long pass to Jake Kumaro. A few plays later, they lose Stephon Diggs in the end zone, give up a touchdown with a minute to go in the half. Now, all of a sudden, they're down by 17, and, and things things got away from them quickly in the second half. They couldn't uh, they couldn't cover Stephon Diggs, couldn't, uh, couldn't move the chains on offense. They... Uh, they, they've muffed three punts in two games. They, they I mean, they, there's a there, there's there's a lot of things not going right for this team right now. That, uh, that that coaches and players are talking about getting back to basics, establishing their identity, and and going out from there starting this week with the with the Raiders. So we'll see if they're going to be able to do to do that. All right, before I get to more questions, let me get a promo right in here, make these guys happy. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league that's Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, e and yes, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And either one of you can answer this one. Uh, explain to me how the Raiders are favored by a point in this one. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you got both teams that are 0 2. Obviously, just right. started a, a disappointing start to the season for both teams. So I would probably go ahead and answer that question. DA is that, I mean, somebody has got to be favored. Well, I would so think the whole I, team would be, wouldn't you though? <laughs> well, 
I'll say I'll say this: Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Although, as you referenced, Renfro is is probably doubtful at this point. But the uh, the, the Titans' pass defense is is a mess right now. They they have young, unproven cornerbacks uh, who are who haven't shown the ability to to communicate and to be consistent from a from a play to play basis. And uh, um, you know, Stephon Diggs is great and and tore them apart the other night. I think. I think in terms of the total passing game, though, the, the Raiders are better and pose even more problems to that group. You know, that's interesting you bring that up because Stan and I were talking about that before uh, the podcast. And I said, you know what, the Raiders, it's only two games into the season. And, and Stan, I said, I- I'm not sure if this team knows its identity yet. And Stan, you said, well, it should be easy. They should be a passing team, right? Yeah, I, I mean. Or was that meant for me? Or oh, yes. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. I want you to, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, our yeah. I mean, from earlier. I mean, that's exactly what they put all of that emphasis, all that draft stock, all of the the the, the money into this past offseason was re-upping Derek Carr when they didn't have to just yet. Going out, trading for Devontae Adams, giving him that huge contract, which is well-deserved, giving a new contract to Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I, I mean, clearly you're doing all that, guessing that you're – put a high premium or high value on your receivers. So shouldn't that be your identity? You didn't give Josh Jacobs his fifth year option. So looking for Josh Jacobs to be another Derrick Henry in that case. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I think it's pretty easy uh, when you look at it from that standpoint, that's what it should be. So they need to get their tail going. Well, David appears the AFC South could be one of the weaker, if not the weakest division uh, so rate the panic scale right now for the Titans, even though they're 0-2. You know, it, it's it's not very high, quite honestly. You talking to talking to players and coaches, the, the sort of the, the phrase I've gotten from uh, from a number of guys is, I, you know, they they say I'm not worried, I'm I'm not I'm not aggravated, I'm motivated. They uh, they they feel like. They feel like they they have the formula. You know, this was a team that went twelve and five last year. This is a team that that hasn't had a losing season since twenty fifteen. Four times uh, they've been to the conference championship game once in there. They 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 feel like they they have an identity. They 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 know what it's supposed to look like. They just uh, they just have to go do it. And I, and I think the fact that. Uh, that, that the division has one win total and that that win is by Jacksonville. I, I think if the, if the Indianapolis Colts were 2-0, the, the, the feeling might be a little different. But, uh, but they've got two games with the Colts coming up here in the next five or six weeks. So, you know, they can, they can sort of bury the Colts if, if they can get things going in the right direction here. They, you know, they, they can have the Colts kind of in their rearview mirror and, and out of sight, out of mind by the, uh, by the end of October. And then, you know, if you're if you're just dealing with Houston and Jacksonville at that point, I think you I think you feel pretty good about things. So may, maybe they're maybe they're not likely to be the number one seed in the AFC again this year, but I, but I think they they still think and feel and talk and act like a, like they're going to be a playoff team this year. Dan, on the flip side, you can make the case the Raiders are in the toughest division in the NFL. I'm still not sure what we make of Denver yet. The Chargers are still the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are still the team to beat, and so until somebody knocks them off. So what should the Raiders uh, panic button be right now? Is it more of a 10 or is it still a seven or how would you assess it? 
I would probably give it a, a I'd say a hard seven, maybe a 6.5 if you want to be optimistic. But I tell you what, you turn in an L this weekend against the Titans, it's going to be at an all-time 10. There's no doubt about that. I don't think you can start off the year 0-3, even in a 17-game season, and be able to try to claw your way back into the playoff race or just even being a credible, uh, a respectable team. Because once you get to 0-3, that's when you start to lose belief, lose faith within the coaching staff, the scheme, things like that. Certain guys, they're not going to say it publicly, but they start to mail it in where now they just want to go and go through the motions or make it look good for the remainder of the season just because it doesn't seem like this team is what everybody thought it was going to be. So I would probably say right now about a six and a half if you want to be optimistic, a seven if you want to be realistic. Yeah, I think I read something over the last, what, three or four decades, teams that started 0-2, there was maybe 10% of them that actually yeah. made the playoffs. It's really, really a low percentage. Stan, let me ask you, as a former player, you played eight years in the NFL. What's more gut-wrenching, to lose like the Raiders did on Sunday or maybe to lose like on a, uh, on a, a last-second touchdown? Oh, I'd probably say uh, it might be a little bit more gut-wrenching to lose the way they lost on Sunday. You're talking about just – them losing on the fumble return. No, blowing a 20 to nothing lead. Blowing a 20 to nothing lead, you know, or, or comparing it to like a close game. It's you lose 35 31, you play well, but you might give up a late touchdown and under a minute left and you, and you lose a heartbreaker like that. What do you say is worse? What's tougher to come back from? Definitely Sunday. Definitely what happened to the Raiders on Sunday. You're up 20 0 at halftime. You blow the game. They get back into the game. They tie it up. It goes to overtime. And then you lose in that fashion with a fumble return for a touchdown. Well, so you lose the game while you're on offense. Whenever you're in overtime, you want to get the ball first so you can do what? Score and win the game. You lose the game on offense. So just off of that alone, now trust me, Hunter Renfro is not the reason why they right. lost Agreed. the game. You Agreed. blow, you blow a, ten, a 20 point lead. Uh, defense, where are you at? So that to me right there is probably more gut-wrenching because it's going to be hard to come back from that mentally because it's going to be all over the airways. It's all on ESPN and Fox and all those other news outlets that you blew that game. So you got to now listen to it on Twitter, on Instagram, watch it on the news, things like that. So it's going to be hard to bounce back, get that out of your mind and just find a way to move forward because if there's any level of adversity that happens out there in Nashville on Sunday afternoon, any level of adversity, everybody's going to revert back to, oh my God, not again. It seems right. like we just can't get out of our own way. So I would probably say that's more gut-wrenching than losing a close game 35-31, like you said, and they just score on the final play. David, can you answer this for me and stand in the Western Raider Nation? How in the world is Derrick Henry only have 107 rushing yards <laughs> through the first two games? That's a complete head scratcher to me. Well, it, you know, it's it, it's pretty simple, really. The offensive line is is not as good as it as it was the last couple of years. They uh, they replaced two starters on that line. One was at left guard, where Roger Saffold played the previous three years. Saffold was probably their their biggest weapon in the run game in terms of a a big, strong, athletic guy who could get to the second level, you know, really, really understood the run scheme very well. And they, they replaced him with a, a third-year guy, an undrafted guy named uh, Aaron Brewer, who's about 279 pounds. He's uh, he's one of the smaller offensive linemen in the league. He He's really athletic, 
um, and, and a very competitive guy was one of the uh, was one of the really good stories of training camp because he was expected to have to compete for that job and he, he kind of turned it into a, a no contest early and, and Mike Rabel referred to him one day early in camp as a guy who's tougher than a two dollar steak and that, uh, <laughs> that that quote got a that quote got a lot of run and, uh, and and sort of made Brewer a folk here but now you're into the regular season and and. Brewers getting pushed around a little bit, and uh, and and guys are are driving the the line of scrimmage backwards and, instead of the other way. At, at right tackle, they were they were looking, they're sort of banking on a second year guy, their second round pick from a year ago, Dylan Radens, and uh, and they ended up going with a rookie, a third round pick this year, Nicholas Petit Frere out of uh, Ohio State, and that was not a that was not a case that Petit Frere came in and set the world on fire. That was Dylan Radens was not good enough. They, they gave him every opportunity to win the job and he couldn't do it. So, so you're, you're dealing with some, some uncertainty and, and some, some decreased production up front. And, and the book on Derrick Henry has not changed. If you go back to, to 2016 and all the pre-draft reports about Derrick Henry coming out of Alabama, they, they all said the same thing. It was, if you can get to him, within his first couple steps. Yeah. He's he's not he, he's not that scary. Before he gets going. He gets up to speed and gets gets on downhill the line of scrimmage. That's when he becomes a big problem. And uh and you know, the other night against Buffalo, more than a third of his carries were for no gain or a loss. I mean, he People are getting to him in those first couple steps right now, and, uh, and and you wonder if the foot injury last year has cost him a half a step in terms of the acceleration uh. and whatnot too. There, you know, that's that that is to be determined at this point. But uh, but if the you know the offensive line doesn't have to destroy people, they just have to get him to the second level, and then Derrick Henry destroys people, and and that has not happened in these first two games. Stan, give me an X factor for the Raiders on Sunday if they're to win in Nashville. Oh, I think that uh, you're definitely going to have to have a big game out of the trio. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I don't think that's necessarily like a secret, but right. I would probably have to say that, yeah, they're definitely all going to have to have big games. When you look at Tennessee Titans, when you look at their secondary, you got Christian Folden. Obviously, you got uh, my man, the all-pro uh, Kevin Byard. But like I said, the Tennessee Titans in the back end, they're by no stretch the world beaters. I think that uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have to make sure that they try to take advantage of that early and often on Sunday so they can get a lead. And because of what Tennessee now doesn't have, minus A.J. Brown, minus Julio Jones, with not having that necessarily aerial attack, they can go ahead and try to go ahead and hold on to that lead a little bit better than they were against Arizona. And Stan, you did a great job of leading me to my next question. And David, uh, the loss of A.J. Brown, how was that not only impacted the passing game, but the overall offense for the Titans? It, it, it's huge. It, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, on the plus side, we'll start, we'll start with that. Ryan Tannehill set a career high in interceptions last year, and, and part of the problem was he was so enamored with A.J. Brown that, that there were many times he dropped back, he locked in on A.J. Brown, looked at him, looked at him, looked at him, threw him the ball, and, and you know, it, it was no secret to the defense – what he was doing there. So there was, there was some talk that, uh, well, maybe this will be a good thing for Ryan Tannehill, but there is no downfield threat over the top. There is nothing, there is nothing in the Titans passing game right now that, that scares the defense and discourages them from putting 
eight or even nine guys in the box to uh, to attack Derrick Henry. So, uh, you know, that, that, that puts – if Derrick Henry's only getting one or two yards on first down – that negates the impact of the play action that has been so good. You, you compare that to last year where A.J. Brown was a guy who scared you. Even Julio Jones, when, when he was out there, such as he was dealing with injuries and whatnot, when he was on the field, defenses knew it. Defenses accounted for him because he scared you. There is, uh, you know, Robert Woods is is the number one receiver on this team right now. Robert Woods is a is a really fine NFL player, right? He had He's had a great career, but – but Robert Woods doesn't scare anybody no. on defense. There's no NFL cornerback saying, wow, I, I, you you got to give me help over the top every play. I don't know if I can handle this guy. And you add to the fact that, you know, Woods is coming off reconstructive knee surgery that caused him to miss the last half of last year. I, I mean, he, he looks fine, but you, you have to believe he's not even quite as good as he normally is. So uh, uh, until uh, until the Titans prove otherwise – I would assume the Raiders and, and everybody else are, is going to, they're going to be stacking that box and saying, Ryan Tannehill, if you think you can complete 30 passes and, and throw for 400 yards against us, go for it. But we're, we're stopping Derrick Henry first and foremost. Well, Patrick Graham's defense so far has uh, created one turnover and they have one sack. And of course that's by Max Crosby. Stan, I think the Raiders have actually handled the run pretty well, but how do you think they'll hold up in the back end if Tannehill does try to throw the ball 30, 40 times? Well, because you don't really see, just like what uh, what David was saying, you don't really have any receivers over there that scare people. That bodes well for this Raiders secondary, which already in itself is not world beaters of any stretch. So hopefully that's able to augment, to go ahead and bolster some of their confidence, some of their production that you'll see Sunday afternoon. But ultimately, yes, they're going to have to make sure that they can go ahead and get the ball out of the air, whether it is Ryan Tannehill, whether it is Malay Willis, whoever it's going to be at quarterback throughout the entirety of the game, because somehow, some way, as a DB, you are going to have to make a play to go ahead and preserve a victory. David, you see any way, Malik, if the, if the Titans do continue to struggle, is there any way we see Malik Willis this year? It, it, you know, they'll have to be, yeah, it, it'll it'll be if the Titans are, you know, 5 and 10, say, or 4 okay. and 11, completely eliminated from playoff contention. It's, it, you know, he, there, there was some talk because he played the fourth quarter, unless he plays the third quarter in the fourth quarter the other night. And there's there's been some talk that Tannehill got benched, and that, that was not the case. I mean, Tannehill was pulled, Henry was pulled, Ben Jones was pulled, Kevin Byer was pulled. There was there was a whole bunch of guys at that point where Mike Rabel waved the white flag. But, uh, you know, the, the, the whole sort of preseason was geared towards making sure Malik Willis learned enough, experienced enough to become the number two quarterback so that they could go into the season with him at that spot. And they're, they're, they're quite content and comfortable with him being there. Next offseason is when they they ratchet it up again and say, you know, we want you to be the starter in, in week one in 2023. We're going to do everything we can to make that happen. So this is, uh, you know, this is this is still very much Ryan Tannehill's team and Ryan Tannehill's offense right now for as long as he can keep the Titans in playoff contention. All right, let's play a little over under in Sunday's game. And let me start with the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr needs three touchdown passes to reach 200 career passing touchdowns. So, Stan, I'll start with you. Over under three touchdowns for Derek Carr. And we can go push on this as well, David. We do this game every week. And you can go push if you'd Ooh. like. <laughs> I would go uh, – I'm going to go – I'm going to go over. All right. I'm going to go over just to go ahead and keep it interesting. I'm going to go ahead and go over. 
they have, I agree, Stan. I, I, you know, the, based on what I've seen from this secondary so far, it's uh, it, it's an over for me as well. I think I think Devonte Adams is is due, especially after the game Devonte Adams had Sunday. I think he's uh, he's due for a really big game. He might get three in his own right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna push. I think he gets three touchdowns uh, and gets to that 200. All right, Darren Waller needs 85 receiving yards to move into second all-time in franchise history for most career receiving yards by a tight end for the Raiders. Todd Christensen holds the record. He would move past uh, Dave Casper. Uh, Stan, does he get 85 yards over under? Uh, yes, he gets 85 yards. Yes, he does. David? I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the, the Titans have a, a problem there, too. They, they, they sign, they, they've always had sort of a guy, an extra safety or – a linebacker, Jayon Brown, in fact, who's with the Raiders now, right. is that guy from that they could match up with with big athletic tight ends like that. And uh, it seems like everybody they have they have thought about in that role this year is hurt right now. So they have they have nobody that they uh, that, that they want to to put on him without having to really shake up their defense right now. So I think uh, I think a big game for Darren Waller too. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think he's going to top the uh, century mark even. All right, let's, let's take a look now at the Titans. And, David, I'm going to start with you. Derek Henry breaks the century mark over 100 yards. Over, under. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go under. I, I just haven't seen enough from that offensive line yet. Stan? Oh, Derek – I mean, sorry, Derek Henry breaking 100 yards? Yes, he's got 107 in the first two weeks. Mm, you know – this is last year, obviously. Uh, last year, a lot of what the Raiders put down as far as the run defense toward the latter part of the season really impressed me. Agreed. So I'm going to go ahead, and I, I know obviously they don't have the same players from last year, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm say Derek Henry is going to finish with under 100 yards. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to be I, – I could see him getting 70, 70 to 5. So uh, I'll go under 100, but I still think he's going to have a nice afternoon against the Raiders defense. And then – Ryan Tannehill, the over-under, David, 275. I know he has not reached that total through the first two games, but how about 275, over-under? I, I, I kind of like that because I feel like the uh, I feel like best-case scenario for the Titans is this turns into a high-scoring back-and-forth affair. Worst case, they're going to be behind early. He's going to be having to throw all day. So, uh, so I'll take the over on that one as well. Stan? Mm, 275. I'm going to go ahead and say under, but barely under uh, 275 uh, passing for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, this is a tough one because, you know, Justin Herbert in that first game had a great first half, but then didn't do much in the second half. And Kyler Murray was the complete opposite, didn't do anything in the first half, but had a huge second half. I'm going to go under. I think he's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 225 to 250. Mm -hmm. All right. Prediction time. Stan, I'm going to start with you. Give me a prediction for uh, Sunday. <laughs> oh man, the Raiders are going to be tired of losing, tired of coming out the gate 0 2, tired of exactly what happened on uh, Sunday afternoon. So they're going to go ahead and squeak out a victory versus the Tennessee Titans out there in Nashville. I would go with the final score 24 20. David? I'm going to say the Raiders win 31 20. The Titans are a little beat up physically on a short week. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I, it doesn't feel like, it, and it feels like football karma is sort of biting them from last year. A lot of things went their way. I, I'm not sure this is their year. So I, I can see them at 0-3. 
You know, it's interesting. You say a lot of things aren't going their way. I feel like the Raiders, same thing. They won, what, stand four games in overtime last year. Yeah. They already lost uh-huh. one this year. And, you know, they squeaked out all those games down the stretch. They won four in a row to qualify for the playoffs. So I'm like, oh, are the football gods cash it, calling in their chips. So I'm, I'm not sure yet. But I'm going to reluctantly, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, I'm not 100% confident with this pick, but I'm going to say the Raiders uh, win in Nashville on Sunday by a score of 27 uh, to 20. Mm. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a close hey, game. I do. I think it'll be a close yeah, game. I, the Raiders just ah. don't, for whatever reason, don't blow team. Well, they were blowing a team out, but they couldn't put them away. I feel like the Raiders play so many close games, uh, and, and I think it'll be a close game even in the fourth quarter, but I, I, I'm i trying to be confident that the Raiders will actually put the Titans away on Sunday. Hey, David, really take the. T- I really appreciate you taking the time to join Stan and I. We had a lot of fun with this. Appreciate it, David. Yeah, happy to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline. From my partner, Stanford Rout, to our guest, David Beauclair, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.